2: And then the other conversations about, you know, not wanting to, some of the women or one particular didn't want to have the race talk with her children because they were so young and that was such a hard topic. And then, you know, I said, well, I'm glad you have that privilege. I don't have that privilege. As soon as my kids were three, I had to have a conversation with them.
0: Welcome to In Her Shoes. I'm Lindsay Peoples Wagner, editor in chief of The Cut. On this podcast, we talk to ambitious women about how they've come this far and where they're going next. Garcelle Beauvais is an actor, podcaster, reality TV star, author, and model. She charmed America with iconic roles in shows like The Jamie Foxx Show and NYPD Blue and films like Coming to America and its new sequel. Garcelle is one of the newest housewives of Beverly Hills host of Webby Award-winning podcast, Going to Bed with Garcelle, and is set to publish her new memoir, Love Me As I Am, in April 2022. As you can see, Garcelle and I had lots to talk about. We covered everything from her immigrating to the U.S. from Haiti at such a young age, what's in her new memoir, and her experiences on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm so excited for you to listen. Hi, Garcelle. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm going to start with the easy questions, not the Uh-oh. hard questions. Okay, <laughs> Ease <laughs> me into it, Lindsay. First of all, how are you? How's quarantine been? How are the boys? How is everything?
2: Everything is really great. Everything is really great. The boys, we just celebrated their 14th birthday. I cannot. Oh, wow. oh it's going way too fast. I really wish I could like backtrack and keep them at seven for a few more years. (laughs) They wouldn't like it, but I'd love it. Um, But everything is great. You know, working, um, doing lots of fun things. It's been really awesome to see sort of the resurgence of us. And when I say that, that other people are validating what we already knew. Yeah. But it's nice to see that people have come aboard.
0: Yeah. No, that I mean, I I completely agree. I think... um, one thing that, that stuck to me in, in, in watching you on Housewives this season was was a scene where you were talking about that you feel like you've had to fight so much all of your life as a Black woman. And so just walk us through, you know, you were born in Haiti, you moved to Massachusetts. You know, yeah. tell us about that transition and and what it's been like for you.
2: Yeah, my mom, We I was born in Haiti. We're Haitian through and through. And uh, my mom decided that she wanted to give us a better opportunity and bring us to the states. So she left me at five and a half, almost six, to come to the United States by herself. She left with with my sisters, and really to provide a better opportunity, more you know, to come to the uh, come to America. Um, and so I feel like the responsibility of that on me all the time to. Take the opportunities that come my way. Not that I wouldn't anyway, but it's there's also something about being an immigrant and really being grateful to have the opportunities that I have. And so, my mom sacrificed and did that. And I moved to Massachusetts at the at the age of seven. Didn't speak a word of English. Had never <laughs> seen white people or white snow <laughs> or snow. And um, it's interesting because to me, I tell that story, and it doesn't affect me in a way it was just matter of fact but uh about a year ago I went to see I had a new gynecologist and the reason I'm saying this is because she was like what have been the traumas of your life and I said well and I never question right for a gyno right and so yes. it wasn't like a psychiatrist and I said why why is that important and she said everything that happens in your life that is seen as traumatic she goes your mother leaving you at six years old, you going to a new place where you knew no one, you knew no, like those are traumas that, that, you know, become a part of your body and may change, you know, some kind of, of a makeup in, in you and all that. And I thought, wow, I never had anybody say that, Yeah, you know, all these little things that make us who we are, good and bad. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really no, totally. interesting. I mean, yeah, the, the, your body doesn't forget all of those things and and, that's right and that we may put it back in the memory um or we don't even see it as traumatic yeah right yeah right yeah yeah so you moved to miami to become a model how old were you i was 16 living it up (laughs) well 16 a friend of mine
2: um asked me if i wanted to be an extra in a commercial and i didn't even know what an extra was and i'm like what's that And he goes, it's two days. It's for an orange juice commercial. And I said, great, sign me up. Let's do it. So by the end of the second day, there was this beautiful uh, black girl who was one of the leads of this orange juice commercial. And I went up to her and I said, I want to do what you're doing. Honey, she was not there for me. (laughs) It was my preparation for housewives. (laughs) And, um, And so I found out what agency she was with. And it was Irene Marie in Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) And I asked my mom to borrow her car one day and I drove up there, no pictures, no appointment, nothing. I was just going to see. And I stopped at a red light. And when I stopped at the red light, I peered outside to look at my makeup in in the mirror. And as I did... I reached over to get my lip gloss and a hand comes in the car and scares the shit out of me, Lindsay. (laughs) And it was a woman in the car behind me at the same stoplight. And she's like, you should be a model. And the card was Irene Marie, where I was going without an appointment. I mean. You can't make that up.
0: You can't make this stuff up. It was incredibly
2: meant to be. Meant to be. And then about six to eight months later, um, Eileen Ford was scouting like she usually does. And she came to Fort Lauderdale to Irene Marie and uh, told my mom that I should go to New York. All I needed was a toothbrush.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so after you moved to New York, that was when you started acting and and coming to- I started
2: modeling. I started modeling. Yeah, for sure. Acting sort of came down the road a bit.
0: Right. So what led you to the coming to America role and what, what was that like?
2: You know, that was the very first movie audition I had ever had. And I was green. There was I had no business really going in there. And I went in for the Lisa character, the main character. And uh, of course I didn't get it. And then John Landis called my modeling agency and said, you know, if she really wants to get into acting, this would be a great way, you know, he offered the ro- the Rose Bear part and he says, you know, that way she can learn, she can be on set. And and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I didn't realize it was going to take so long. I thought, oh, you know, a few days. <laughs> we shot for like two months in New York and then we shot like a couple of weeks in LA.
0: I mean, I have to tell you, full stop, that is my favorite movie in the world. I watch Coming to America all the time. I think it is the most hilarious like heartwarming movie on the planet. That is awesome. I, it's unbelievable.
2: If someone had told us then that what we were doing was going to be iconic, like you never know, you yeah. never know, but people love it.
0: Well, I mean, what was that experience like being your first, you know, big movie and then realizing, you know, it turned into such iconic movie, but then also returning to that story and that character later on.
2: All of it was a gift from God because nobody knew. I mean, obviously I knew who Eddie Murphy was and he was a big star then. Uh, but just being on set were all these beautiful black faces. It was like they got the most beautiful women in New York to me in this movie. Yeah. Um, and it was just, you know, it was a great learning. Like I didn't know what, you know, stand on your mark. You know, I didn't know what rolling, any of that stuff. So it was really a gift, a lesson it became iconic and then it became surreal when it came back 30 something years later.
0: Let's talk about some of your other roles. Jamie Foxx show, um, also incredibly iconic. You were in Spider-Man. Like what, what has been a role that you're especially fond of looking back? And what's some what's a role that you're like dream role that you want to do in the future? Looking back, I mean,
2: I feel like all of it was a dream. I'm here, I am a little girl from Haiti. Didn't even know you could do this for, you know for a career. So all of it was just like, dear, you know, cotton headlights. But Jamie Foxx showed for me, um, I was still modeling going back and forth. By then I moved to LA, but I was still working as a model. And I remember getting the audition and I was like, I can't go. I have to, you know, I have a trip um, for work. And so I left and then it came back around and I was like, I have to leave again. And my, my agent's like, do you want to audition for this or not? And I said, I do. Like, let's reschedule. And they reschedule it. And my son Oliver was sick at the time and he was a baby. And I was like, and then I had to leave for a trip. So I'm like, I can't cancel, but he's asleep. I mean, he's sick. So I went while he was sleeping. And I got to the studio and I remember Jamie Foxx was behind me in the car, uh, behind me. And I remember as I was, you know, getting my pass to drive on the lot, I looked in the rearview mirror and there he was. And then when I got inside, um of the you know, the hallway where all the other actresses were waiting to audition, Jamie passes by. And at the time I was in the download video, and that's when you had to request videos. I don't that's probably you're probably too young to even know this. I
0: don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> hilarious.
2: <laughs> you used to have to call in to get a video to play or like you would for the radio for a song. And Jamie came up to me and he goes, You don't know how many times I requested that download video. <laughs> <laughs> Which was funny, it sort of broke the ice a little bit. And then I went in and I auditioned and I left and I came home, checked on Oliver, got ready for my trip. And then I found out, you know, a few days later that they wanted to test me for the job. And then I got it, which was crazy enough.
0: Is there a part that you still want to play? Is there Are there roles that you're like, oh man, like that's something that I want to do?
2: I would love to recreate Basic Instinct.
0: But Sharon's, I know.
2: Very good one. Love that. I think so too. Me too. That would be really fun.
1: Embracing nature is more than just going for a walk now and then, it's reconnecting with the elements. It's harnessing the power of natural ingredients. It's putting the earth first. For over 50 years, Nature's Sunshine has been sharing the healing power of nature as they work towards a healthier planet. Their manufacturing facility is 100% powered by sunlight, and they divert 95% of waste away from landfills. If you're looking for a sustainably made herbal supplement, you might want to check out Nature Sunshine and their new power line. That's com and use code NSP for 25% off your first order.
0: There's obviously like so much to your story. And I feel like, I mean, you've gone in so many different directions and now um, on The Real and also on Housewives. So how are you, you know, also just balancing all of, all of these things? Because I think this is something that we, we talk about on The Cut a lot is, you know, is that balance even possible with ambition, with the goals, with family? How do you wrap your head around it?
2: You know, it's hard. We put a lot of hats on as women and we can do most of it. And sometimes some things fall through the cracks and you got to let that go. But what I try to do, which is getting harder because there's a lot of moving parts now with my life, but when I'm on the reel, I really just want to be on the reel and focus on that. Mm-hmm. And when I'm doing housewives, I really want to focus on that. And I think that's the only way I can do it because otherwise it's just, it gets too hard. Yeah. You know, and then children, you know, and my kids now back in school full time and sports are coming up. So it's just what we do. We try to juggle, but, you know, try to prioritize and be in the moment when you're in that moment.
0: Yeah. So what attracted you to wanting to do the real and, and, and what made you want to take that move? That's always been what I wanted to do, even before acting, even
2: before modeling. I've always wanted to be a journalist and entertainment obviously is much more fun than news. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, and this is stuff that I would talk about or read about even if I wasn't on a talk show. So I had auditioned, I did a week on The View. I was close to getting the talk. So, and I also did, um, a show in LA called Hollywood Today Life with uh, Ross Matthews, and we had the best time. So it's always been something I've been striving for. Although sometimes my team would say, "But well, you're doing so well at acting!" Like for a long time, they didn't want me to go that way because they thought I'd make you know more money for them acting. Yeah, yeah. But so it's finally a dream come true.
0: That's amazing. Um, I mean, I love the commentary and I think you guys are really funny and it's, it's incredibly enjoyable. So I I love it. Thank
2: you. I do too. And I feel like we're the only show that have a panel of women of color. And even though we're not all black, um, it's just great that we can talk about our communities. We can talk about what's going on in the world and have a perspective that other people may not.
0: I mean, but also the, I think the topics that you all cover, are very different because it is a panel of women of color. A lot of the things that you elevate to discuss um, other shows wouldn't even talk about because it's not on their radar as like being important enough. Um, And so I find that conversation to always be really interesting because it feels like, oh, these are things that I'm talking to my girlfriends about or that I've seen on social media. And I would love to hear different people's opinions on this and what this, this means in a larger thing. I was listening to the one, um, that you guys were talking about with like all the the rappers getting people big gifts and buying them land and all that. And this and this is I such got a in trouble. I know, so we don't have to go into the whole thing. No, 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 but it's all I, good. It's all good. I but I completely. I felt like that was such a conversation that like is only happening on Black Twitter or on the shade right. room, etc. That like all women of color that I know were talking about like, oh yeah, like what would you do in that situation or would you feel obligated to be with that person if they bought you all this land or they bought you a house right. or anything like that right. um, and would it be in your name like very specific right. questions that I think are honestly worth asking um, and it felt like yeah this is why um, I, th- I think the show does such a really good job of cutting through the noise because you're not just talking about like oh this person like posted this on Instagram and let's talk about it like that's right. actually a- an interesting dialogue that I just appreciate yeah I do too. And I feel like this is how my take
2: of me on the show, I'm hired to give my point of view. And I hope that point of view starts a conversation. So it's not about attacking other people. It's just my point of view. Right. Right. But I also feel like for us, I love the fact that women are thinking differently now. Um, I remember Tiffany Haddish said she doesn't want Common to give her a ring. She wants him to buy her a building as an engagement present. And I think when we start talking about things like that, then you realize that the material stuff is great, but it would be nice if we, as Black folks, took more um, pride into ownership of things as opposed to just the flash.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I 100% agree with that. I think, um, I mean, you see, I think in Black culture, there is... um, there is a sense that like, if you, if you have, you know, 80,000 Birkins and, you know, you have certain things, um, that that equals wealth when there are other ways, you know, to actually accumulate generational wealth, which is the goal, um, which should be the goal. That's the goal. And
2: that's what I'm, that's what I'm working so hard for generational wealth, because I never had that. i never seen it. I've only seen it like with my white friends growing up. Exactly. So that's why I'm, driving myself to work so much so that I can make a difference in my family and break the cycle.
0: Yeah, no, I feel you. We're... Same same message over here. Good. Um, Okay, so let's talk about housewives.
1: You You don't have have a lot of thoughts
0: (laughs) because I I text you my thoughts already, (laughs) which I will not repeat in this podcast, but I will say it in a nicer way. Um, I guess let's ease our way into this. How did did you feel about watching the season back now?
2: The entire season? Yeah. Um, how did I feel? I felt good about the conversations that I was able to have on the show. And it wasn't about being argumentative. It was more of education. Although it's really not our place to do, but we, we carry that too. Right. That's another thing we carry. So I was happy that the producers allowed conversations to happen. And I know some people were saying, oh, I wish Ebony had done it like Garcelle. Like, everybody's different. Everybody comes from a different place. Just because we're Black women doesn't mean we are all ha- walk the same walk and the whole thing. Right. So for me, um, my conversation with Kyle, I felt like she was receptive and she got it, which is why I was able to move on with my friendship with her. Mm-hmm. And then the other conversations about, you know, not wanting to, some of the women or one particular didn't want to, have the race talk with her children because they were so young and that was such a hard topic. And then, you know, I said, Well, I'm glad you have that privilege. I don't have that yeah. privilege. As soon as my kids were three, I had to have a conversation with them. So it was great that we were able to have those conversations, although some people felt like this is not why we watch the show. This is not why. But you know what? It's the reality of what it is. If I'm on the show and I'm a diverse person, you're going to have diverse conversations. And so that's a no-brainer. Like, it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. And we kind of talked about this when we first met because I think that people glorify when you're the first Black person to do something. It obviously is a great thing. Um, and you're, you know, the first and only Black woman on this cast, which amazing. and love that. But I had said to you, like, how are you doing with it? Because I think knowing... Um, from my space of being the only black woman in so many spaces, people put it on this pedestal and think it's the best thing in the world when it can be very lonely and it can be very challenging. And so how has that, how has that been for you to handle that?
2: Definitely lonely, definitely um, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress on it because people, you know, have a preconceived notion of how we should be and that's not who I am. Um, And so I did the best I could. I mean, first season, I was traveling a lot. I wasn't there a lot, but I feel like I did the best I could. And I feel like I am truly being authentically me. And that's all I can do. I can't please everybody. You know, I know even my, a friend of mine said, you got to go black girl on them. And I'm like, what is black girl? <laughs> you know, I know what they mean. Yeah. I know what they yeah. mean, but it's like, is that a thing? Um, and that's not me. You know, that's not how
0: I was brought up. You're not a character. You're not a character. Right. You're being yourself.
2: Right. And when I had my breakdown on the show towards the latter part of the season, I had just had it. I was fed up. I was tired of being the only person in the room all the time. I was, felt like I was the only one that had to do a song and dance, if you will, to be noticed when everybody else was just being themselves and just mm-hmm. easy breezy. And mm-hmm. that got to me. It got to me.
0: Well, I think it would get to anyone if they understood the weight of it um because I, I don't think it I think people use words like responsibility and I'm like it's a it's a weight it's not something that you're just carrying around and like this is this is amazing um right it is it's a lot of pressure that that comes with that and I feel like a lot of I don't know as a, as a viewer it felt like a lot of the conversations were really hard to watch as a black woman um because it felt like the standard that you were kind of supposed to abide to was very different than other people. Yeah. Um, and A, I think it felt like, and and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, watching that episode of you breaking down, I completely understood how you felt. and it And it felt like the whole season you kind of had to be the strong one, the person that was, you know, facilitating and leading these conversations and all of that, and that you weren't able to show that softness, that vulnerability. And how how did you think of that in going through the season?
2: Totally the same way you're describing it. I mean, it's like, I felt like I had to carry the weight, the conversations, um, you know, sort of going around, like even when that whole thing with Erica happened, when I asked her that question that she had said she didn't want to talk about, and I didn't know, and I wasn't told. And I don't know if they'll ever show the scene um, with breaking the fourth wall, but I felt like no one had my back. While well, Crystal was, and even though Crystal was saying, Garcelle wasn't there when, she, when Erica said it, Garcelle wasn't there, everybody glossed over that. Oh, yeah. Right? And and before that, everything Crystal said was taken as word, right? Bible. But this, because she was, you know, taking my side or saying what was truly happening, it was glossed over so many times. And that just, it was just ridiculous. It was just ridiculous.
0: I i mean, I, I agree. Um, do you now feel more comfortable showing that softness and vulnerability? Like, how are you thinking about the next season?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if it warrants it, yes. It's not like I... I'm also n I'm also a strong person anyway. Yeah, so it's right. not like I'm gonna go around crying every at every dinner, but yeah, I'll show that. But I think if it
0: warrants it. Yeah, I felt like you by the end I was like, they're just they're cornering her into this. It's too she's she's gonna snap on somebody. <laughs> it's too much. It's too um, much. I and I I mean, you can you can comment on this or not, but I, I also was wondering how you felt because around the Erica drama, you know, regardless of what people think there, I did feel like um, it was hard to watch people like waiting till the end of the season or like waiting to find out all of these things about Erica and her money situation. Um, but then at the last reunion, Kyle had come for you about $5,000, which you paid, but then it was like, we can't talk about this person who may have (laughs) squandered $20 million. Like, it just felt like, wait, I'm sorry, what? It's so crazy. And the fact that, you know, knowing
2: someone, and I don't know Erica as well as some of them, right? Right. Of course you feel for someone going through that. Of course you feel for someone going through that, right? Um, But at the same time, they believed her straight out. Straight yeah. out. And at the first reunion, when Kyle said about the $5,000, everybody was just kind of like, girl, like, no like,
0: But 5000 compared to this 20000000 million, I'm like, it, it doesn't match. It doesn't match, and it doesn't make sense to me.
2: No, but they're strictly going on, they've been friends with her for five, six years.
0: Yeah. I mean, I in watching the season unfold and, and all those allegations, obviously, I... I understand why, you know, they were tiptoeing or all of those things, but it just Mm -hmm. felt like if you're going to come for the only black woman on this cast over $5,000. When you knew how to get in touch with me, by the way, I'm leaving that alone.
2: (laughs) But when you knew how to get in touch with me. Okay.
0: (laughs) It's, it's too much. Um, but now that, you know, now that the season's over, you were, um, the reunions happening, very excited to, to, to continue to watch, Um, you are also doing a podcast and you have a book out. So tell us about the book and and how that's going. Yes, the book I am so excited about. The fact that I have a story that I
2: think that people will be interested in. And again, going back to where I came from, right? I couldn't have dreamt this big, honestly, for the life that I'm living. Yeah. And so the book is really a book of essays of my life from Haiti to my mom, my sisters, my relationship or lack thereof with my dad and how that affected me, um, my Hollywood life. And there's some juicy stories in there. Love. And really, <laughs> and love and loss and my divorce and raising biracial kids. I mean, it's everything. I don't leave anything off the table and it's funny. There's heartbreaking moments and inspirational moments. And it's really love me as I am is truly the, uh, the journey of finding who I am and who I am today. And who I am today was not who I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and so on.
0: What was the process like writing it and, and going through all those memories and hardships and everything in between?
2: Um, that was the hardest part, actually. And I wrote it with my, my co-writer, Nicole E. Smith, and she knows a lot about me. And so it was really interesting and going back and going, oh, my God. Like, this story affected me this way, and I didn't realize it until we were doing the book. And it just, it was all very cathartic, as, you know, people say when they're writing a book. It's like, it's really interesting, because now I'm so removed from some of the stories, especially my childhood, that I'm seeing it differently.
0: Very true. Very true. Yeah. Um, So when is, when is the book come out? The book comes out April 22,
2: 2022, but um you can pre-order it as of now everywhere, Amazon everywhere.
0: Amazing, amazing. Very excited for this memoir and all Thank the things. You. I feel like you're going to be releasing a bunch of stuff next year. I feel I, feel, I am. <laughs> Are you too? Are you psychic? <laughs> no. I just feel like cuz on the on the show and feel like you were always working on so many projects um, Yeah. so I'm I love it. Excited. I love being
2: busy. As tired as I get sometimes, I love being busy. I figured, you know what, take the bull while you can, buy the reins and go for it. And that's what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, well, we're very excited for you. Thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it.
2: I'm glad we did it.
0: In Her Shoes is edited and produced by Camila Salazar. Our lead producer is Jasmine Aguilera and Nishat Kerwa is our executive producer. The Cut is made possible by the excellent team at New York Magazine. Subscribe today to support their work at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Lindsay Peoples Wagner. Thank you for listening.
1: Celebrate Earth Month this April by harnessing the power of Mother Nature with Nature's Sunshine's new power line from Power Greens with over 200 plant-based nutrients to support gut health and foundational nutrition to Power beets that can improve performance and blood flow. Not to mention Power Meal, which delivers plant-based calories from Whole Foods to help keep you both energized and feeling satisfied throughout the day. This Earth Month, you can enjoy 25% off your first order with code NSP. Just go to naturesunshine.com. That's naturesunshine.com and use code NSP for 25% off your first order.